0: today's Bible reading, reading. this morning scripture reading comes from Second Tim- uh, Timothy chapter 2 verses 3 and 4 you therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ no one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier praise God praise God thank you brother Brandon we are we are indeed we are indeed engaged in a war we are engaged in a in a different sort of warfare uh, if you will and the warfare that we would be struggling with uh... is here is here with us is here with us and amongst us um, kinda openly not too openly but it's nevertheless there and the bible speaks about trying times and different times and challenging times And that how we Christians need to persevere and how we should be conducting our lives and so on uh, in those troubling times. And it was prophesied, you know, centuries ago that these times would be upon us. And as we see what's going on around us, how do we live? How are we supposed to receive all that's going on? And how are we supposed to handle it and manage it so that we don't become like those who are unbelievers or non-believers and they get so twisted and Bent out of shape and running around, harried. You know, um, not that we ought to be oblivious to what's happening around us, but how we conduct ourselves and how we manage and how we process those things are, are around us, that are going on around us. Uh, should be different for us Christians, you know I say to people many many times when times when they're at odds with a cohort worker or a peer or something like that um, to, to get to know the person to get to understand them Because the more you know them and understand them Then you can kind of figure out with Holy Spirit guiding you What is indeed driving them to behave, to behave the way they're doing? You know what's, what's driving them to respond to you or the conditions that are around you the way they are So it's an understanding Well the same way it is with us Christians The more we understand the enemy or those things that are happening out there in the world, and the more we understand the the personalities involved and what's going on from a biblical perspective, then we better understand the circumstances and how to deal with it, you see. And we don't get so bent out of shape and get so worried and get ourselves, you know, agitated in the stomach and all of that and stress and everything um, to the point that we can't deal with it because we know what's going on. All right. So why don't we turn to the word of God and we can see where there's always um, relief in the Word of God we can always find solace in the Word of God uh, we can always find understanding in the Word of God and to know that the things that are happening today are not just happening per chance. they're not just happening um, uh, you, you know a series of events that are totally out of control because uh, it's not out of control even though it would appear that some people and some actions and some things are out of control, it's not out of God's control. All right. So we just need to figure out how is it that we live in today's world. So, so starting with second Timothy chapter three. Second Timothy chapter three. Okay. While you're, while you're flipping there. Um, everything that's happening today was indeed predicted, as I said before. Um, the Word of God talks about um, mankind's condition and, uh, and, and what would be happening in the world. And it's, it's just that amazing, here we can read something. Um, the second epistle, the second book of Timothy, was penned by Paul. Um, somewhere around A.D. 67. Okay, so we're talking about a long time ago, and it's amazing with when you read it with what, uh, with such accuracy as you can see was written way back then. You can see it unfolding very much before our eyes today. So Second Timothy chapter three, starting with verse one. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous. Boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good. Okay, please underline despisers of those that are good. And also go back up to chapter 2, verse 2, and underline disobedient to parents, because I just want to speak on that just for a second. Um, so many times there are people that who will claim to be so godly and want to quote verbatim the word of god and they will jump on children jump on young adults jump on teenagers the word of god says you have to be obedient to me okay and that it talked about in the last days in those perilous times that there would be disobedience to parents okay what this is talking about here is disobedience to Godly parents. Okay, all right. Now, if you have a parent that is not that is not operating in the will of God, is not demonstrating godly behavior, you know, and is trying to turn you away from God, is trying to hinder your development in, in God, is telling you it's bad to go to church or doing anything else that that the Word of God tells us to do, then God wants us to always put God first. So God is not going to hold us responsible if we're not following what that parent wants us to do. Because God says that we put God first and that we should be doing things in line with his word. So if you're trying to follow God's word, you're trying to follow the Bible, you're trying to live a good Christian life as Holy Spirit is guiding you, and if you do have some parent that is trying to take you out of God's will, then yes, that is not being disobedient in God's eyes to a parent that's trying to lead you astray that's trying to take you out of the will of God. okay? But I have seen so many parents over the years that will try and control their children who are trying to pursue a good godly life, that parent will try to control the children by throwing the scripture at them, you see? And there are so many times that you'll have quote-unquote Christians that will try and take the word of God and bend it and twist it for their own purposes, okay? Alrighty? we We put God first. We put God first. The moment anyone, I don't care who that person is, how close they are to you, mother, father, brother, sister, wife, husband, the minute that person starts trying to drive you and pull you away from the word of God, then you're not to follow that person. It's as simple as that. All right. So when this is saying here that in these end times you will find uh, men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, classing with disobedient to parents, this is not talking about disobedience to Christian parents. All right. It's someone that's trying to, to uh, um, you know, guide you in the word of God. Unthankful things, And it goes on to list. Uh, and then in verse number three it says despisers of those that are good. We certainly see that happening around us today. Look at the churches, how they're being persecuted. Look at the things of God, how that's being talked about and, 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 and laughed, at, scorned and everything. Um, you've heard me say many times, they want God out of our conversation, they want God out of our thoughts, even if they could, God out of the schools, you know. Um, again, I say to, to young pa- parents who have youngsters, you need to watch the shelves of the libraries that are in the schools, watch what are, what's watch what's appearing on the shelves in the school's libraries. Uh, Watch what is not there. Uh, Watch the types of books that our children are being taught to read, even under the guise of being in school and of teaching a good curriculum, because those things, many things that are deemed um, as good, people are indeed despising. Uh, We were talking yesterday about uh, how two, two Christians were hanged because they would not give up their faith. Okay, They would not de- denounce Jesus Christ They would not denounce their Christianity And they were hanged in another part of the world You see, and this has been been predicted I mean, we know what happened to some of the apostles And so forth So things are not changing You know, this is kind of old spirits But in new, clo- new clothing, you know Now, God forbid that any of us should be put into a, a position Where we have to choose between death And denouncing Jesus But I certainly know what I would do Okay, or what I, what I would definitely do I certainly would not denounce Jesus Okay, because you denounce him, you know, denounce him before men and he, you know, he can't confess you before the Father. You see, so we need to see that we're living in very, very perilous times and things that were predicted um, are indeed coming to pass. Uh, you, You know, we see false accusers, we see without natural affection and so on. Then it goes on to say in verse number five, having a form of godliness, but denying. But denying, but denying the power of it. Okay, having a form of godliness, but denying the power of it. From such turn away. All right. So we see these people that are out there that 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 um, come on in such a quote unquote religious Christian kind of way. Okay, but yet still they they're actually denying the power of God. You know, how many people? And I am sorry to say, but so many times you see some of those Academy Award shows or whatever they are, those rock music Hall Fame or whatever they call. Us, things on TV, and you got these guys that are singing all of these horrible lyrics in these words and everything, and the first thing they want to do when they get up there is, oh, first, all my glory, oh, give all my thanks to God, and so forth. So this is, again, having a form of godliness, but denying the power of it, okay? I would be afraid if I was earning a living by spouting profane language and getting up on the stage and gyrating in all sorts of filthy ways, I would be afraid to stand up say, up there and then say, and I want to thank God. Okay, because you're playing with the power of God, you know, and you don't be, you, God doesn't take that sort of thing lightly. But we see so much of that going on. Having a form of godliness but denying the power of it from such turn away. We don't want to be involved with people like that. We don't want to be in situations like that where people are, are, are trying to talk and behave one way, you know, but deep down inside they have no concept of the power of God. They have no faith or, or, or belief in it. Put a bookmark here and let's, let's shift to Titus. Should be the next book over, Titus one, and I just want to grab a couple of verses out of there. Okay, put a bookmark in Second Timothy and go to Titus, next book over, chapter one, verse. Um, let's start at thirteen. Titus one thirteen, this testimony is true wherefore rebuke them sharply that they may be sound in the faith not giving heed to jewish fables and commandments of men that turn from the truth you see there were a lot of people even in these days a lot of jewish fables that were not based on scripture so what this is saying here is is, is to to don't listen to to um to, to commandments that come from men because people dream up anything you know and that will turn you away from the truth you see and you don't know how many times i hear people who are putting on this form of godliness you know and these are many times that I'm not I'm not dumping on Christians, I'm not dumping on anyone here, but I'm simply stating fact. Because over the many years being in ministry, and the many, many, many more years in knowing the Lord, I've seen so many people over the years that are so quick to say, Oh, praise the Lord, brother. And they all get that kind of, you know, holier-than-thou attitude, inflection in their voice. You know, praise the Lord, brother. Praise the Lord, sister. You know, and oh, you look nice. Oh, praise God. and, And this form of godliness. And then when you start talking to them, they really are talking to you about fables. They're talking about their own beliefs. Or something that they've heard from someone else, you know. And the interesting thing, how I know this is true, is that I I have seen the same untruth circulated among people. And when you stop and you think about it, they're all friends. So it's like it's the same script that starts circulating. One person will come up with some idea, and it is not based on Bible. I mean, there's a little bit of scripture in there or something, but one person will start saying this thing. Oh, so and so and so and so, and they'll start they'll start pontificating, and they and they assume that godly preacher-speaker kind of voice, you know, and it sounds good, not based on Scripture, but it sounds good, the next thing you know, those people in that circle are all saying the same thing. <laughs> you know, like we were talking about yesterday, on script, you know, it's the same thing. So this is what that is saying. It, 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 it's, it's like not giving heed to Jewish fables and commandments of men that turn from the truth, you see. Verse number 15, unto the pure, all things are pure. Unto the pure all things are pure, but unto them that are defiled and unbelieving is nothing pure, but even their mind and conscience is defiled. They profess that they know God. Listen to this now. They profess that they know God, but in works they deny Him. Okay? Highlight that. Put a bracket around it. They profess that they know God, but in works they deny Him, being abominable and disobedient and unto every good work reprobate. Okay, so these are the people that are out there. If you listen to them, they're saying all of the so quote unquote right things, and if they if they're saying it you know, properly with this godly, preaching kind of thing, holier-than-thou kind of thing, people wind up believing it. Okay, they wind up believing it. They profess that they know God, but in works. Now, in works, that just means that the Word of God says elsewhere, okay, okay, by, the, by their fruit you shall know them. All right? By their fruit you shall know them. All right? But you'll see these people out there that are professing and confessing all of their, their things, but their life, obviously, does not show it. They're not walking the talk, as, as, you say, as they say, okay? So we need to watch out for that. Now, turn back to 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 3. Okay, and we just left with verse number five, having a form of godliness but denying the power of it, from such turn away. And we saw some good examples of that just now in Titus. Verse number six, for of this sort are they who creep into houses. Now listen to this and you think about what's happening. Okay, for, for of this sort are they who creep into houses and lead captive silly women. Laden with sins, led away with various lusts, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth in the line that ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of truth. You see, and man is indeed ever learning. You know, I read some place one time that over the last hundred years, the the accumulation of knowledge has advanced over a period of time uh, much greater than it has over the history of the known world, or something like that. I mean, it's, in other words, in the as the years tick on and science develops more, and of course you have computers. You know, man could not learn at the speed that it does now. Um, um, Centuries ago, because it didn't have the computers and everything, okay, and more things are being discovered. But the rate, if you will, of which man is learning is increasing and is going at a much quicker rate, a fa- faster pace, so to speak. Um, really bringing it down to everyday terms, alright? Think back to the old Commodore. 60 or 16 or whatever that was, computer, all right? All right, that old clunky thing, you know? You know, if if you don't know computers, think about the typewriter. You know, how many of us learned on that old manual typewriter? hurt your fingers if you slip between the keys, all right? The Xerox machine, the mimeograph, I mean, we can go on and on, on depending on how old you are, (laughs) you know? But even with phones, I mean, you bought it, the iPhone came out, what, you know, not that long ago, and look how much it's advanced. So even today, we see that the rate of learning is indeed increasing. Verse 7, Never learning, never able to come to the knowledge of truth. We've got this. We've got, got these um, ships that are going on. And Voyager One, I think, it is, is going to the outer, outer, outer skirts, outskirts of the of the uh, of our um, system. You know, our planetary system, and this thing is going on and going. You know, fueled by solar, and it'll just keep going theoretically forever and ever. You see, so man's knowledge is indeed increasing it's increasing but never coming to know the truth okay and many of those men science the scientific community who has is increasing in learning many of them still deny god all right? All right. There are many, however, that are coming out of the closet now that do openly say that there is a god, but they do do it at a risk for fear of being ostracized from the scientific community. Some doctors will tell you that I remember reading an article several years back that some doctors were saying that I don't dare speak my true beliefs because of being for being ostracized by the medical community. But then on the other hand, you do have more and more doctors coming out of the woodwork now who are preaching and practicing medicine at the same time. And that's a blessing if you can find a doctor or a nurse that's working with you, that is willing to pray with you as they're doing their procedures and things like that. And we've been fortunate enough to bless with some practitioners in that regard, you see. But what this is saying is that men will be forever learning, but never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. And you can see that in some of the learned people that you wind up talking to, because they will confess all of this knowledge, but then as simple as, do you believe that Holy Spirit can heal you? Well, um, um, you know, I don't know of any scientific basis for that, you know, but the fact that Holy Spirit can heal, can heal you is more of a truth, is more of a truth than any of the scientific advancements, you see? So what this is saying is that man will get so smart, but will wind up missing the truth. Verse number 8, now as Janus and Jambres withstood Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith. But they shall proceed no further, for their folly shall be manifest unto all men as theirs also was. Please underline that. But they shall proceed no further, for their folly shall be manifest unto all men as theirs was also. Many times I always say that whatever is done in darkness will be revealed to the light. So the folly that we see going on in this nation, it will be revealed. It'll be revealed, okay? What Lincoln said, what did Lincoln say? You can fool some of the people some of the time, but you can't fool all of the people all of the time. Sooner or later, I mean, there's a lot of us Christians that are out there that the Holy Spirit is revealing to us. The, the truths of what's going on and the untruths, which is most important even, uh, of what's happening. And God will be dealing with situations that are trying to prevail itself today um, throughout the nation, throughout the world. A lot that's going on we know we know is not of God and it will indeed be revealed. Um, verse number 10, but thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, Purpose, faith, long-suffering, love, patience, persecutions, afflictions, which come unto me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra. What persecutions I endured, but out of them all the Lord delivered me. Please in the line, but out of them all the Lord delivered me. So while we are here and waiting for the Lord to come, Whatever persecutions may come upon us, okay, and when you see persecutions, you think about, you know, you know, being imprisoned, you know, or, or impending death or something like that. It doesn't have to even be that far. And persecutions can be things that are happening at your work, things, things that are happening in your neighborhood, things that are happening in your school, you know, things that are going on in your life where, where the enemy just seems to be just coming against you, either through people or through circumstances, you know, but the operative words are is that um, um, I endured. But out of them all the Lord delivered me. So God will deliver you out of whatever persecutions, quote unquote, are going on in your life whatever situations are going on in your life that may be difficult or challenging to you the Lord will deliver you out of it and I know that I, I know that for a fact because I see around me in my family and those that I work with outside of here and everything I, I see issues and challenges that people have had in their lives but God has delivered them you know in you know places new places of employment um, medical um, um, breakthroughs and things like that happening which obviously God is at work you see so God will always deliver you if you just be patient and and hold on to what he is telling us to do. Verse number 12, Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. So by the mere fact that we are who we are, that we will have things coming against us. Jesus said you will have tribulation. Verse number 13, But evil men and seducers shall become worse and worse. Deceiving and being deceived all right so that's telling us that evil men and seducers will will be on the scene and will be there will, will be many more of them and we will be seeing more things coming about deceiving people and being deceived and again, as we were discussing yesterday, there seems to be a script that goes out among them you know they start talking about certain topics that are, are prevalent in in, in in the nation today things that are going on and those people they all wind up almost saying the same thing as if the same spirit was guiding them in, in what they're saying um, and uh, evil men as shall become worse and worse deceiving and being deceived verse 14 but continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and has been assured of knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is Christ Jesus. So please put a bracket around 14 and 15, because that is good instruction to us. Continue in the things that you have learned and has been assured of, knowing of whom you have learned them. Okay? The things that you've learned, you've learned from God. You've learned from Holy Spirit. All right? So this is what we need to continue in while all of this nonsense continues going on in this nation, in the world, until Jesus returns. Verse 15, And that from a child, from a child, from a child, thou hast known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise. This is where your wisdom comes from, from the Holy Scriptures, all right? And, and everyone in this sanctuary, from a child, they've been exposed to those Holy Scriptures. You see, you see, to make you wise unto salvation through faith, which is Christ Jesus. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. If you don't have this uh, verse underlined or highlighted, please do. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Now, all this is saying is that the words that we are reading right here, the very words that we're reading, were inspired by God. Okay? Okay? Paul penned this particular letter. He wrote it down. But the words written here were given by Holy Spirit. All right? So if this is God speaking to us right here, then we better be, be very confident in knowing that what we're reading is correct. Inspiration of God. And then it goes on to say that realizing that these are God's words, it then says that it is profitable for doctrine. Profit means that it's something that you're going to benefit by. So understanding that this is God's word and reading it, you're going to profit by it, okay? And it's for, the reason it's for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness. So these words that are written here, many times it's for instruction and it's also for correction, you know? This is why when we read the word of God, and I include myself here, I will read something and the Holy Spirit will witness to me that I need to, I need to take this as a corrective action for my life. None of us are so perfect that we can't be reminded by the Word of God that we need to make some mid-course corrections in our lives. None of us are on, in such a perfect cruise control condition that you don't have to tap on the brake sometime. You ever put your car in cruise control, and then all of a sudden you figure, yeah, I better slow down here a little bit. You're going around that turn, and the car doesn't know you're going around a 30-degree you know, bend in the road. doesn't know that. just keeps going at 50. So you need to tap that brake and, and put on some control and make the turn, and then when you're ready to go, Straight, you put it back on cruise control again. Well, that's what the Word of God says here. You know, it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness. How can anyone say that they're righteous? and they don't know the Word of God, you see? But this is where we, the people we just talked about who start spouting off all of these things and, and, and are spouting it incorrectly, they're not really knowing the Word of God, you see? So it's profitable, it's inspired by the Holy Spirit. Then it says in verse 17, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Now, perfect here is not meaning perfect in the sense that only God is perfect. It's meaning mature. Okay, that we can be more mature as as Christians, all right? So, we see here in verse in chapter number three, Paul has written, and, you know, in theological terms, so to speak, this is called the, the, the apostasy predicted, because the Bible talks about the the, the the apostasy that the church will go through, okay, that the world will go through, and this is denying the things of God. Paul predicted then, and again, we just got through reading now, all scripture is given by inspiration of God, so this is what God told Told Paul to say that in these end days, that in end days, in these perilous times, there will be an apostasy or a falling away of the church. All right, we see more Christians today that are falling away from God. Okay, and if they're not out and out falling away from God, they're watering down the, the words God so much that it, it's almost you know put it to no effect. You know, we see so many Christians that, that, that are misquoting the Word of God, that are taking God's words and twisting it to suit their own purposes many times just to control people, you see. And that is not what the Word of God is for. So now let's go back now to chapter 2. Now that we see what, what Paul was, uh, was predicting here in writing to Timothy, let's go to chapter 2 and see about how God is saying here that we should be behaving. Chapter 2. Verse number one, thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Okay, so that's a good opener right there. Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that thou hast heard from me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men. Who shall be able to teach others also. So in other words, what we when we are strong in the grace and the knowledge that Jesus Christ is given has given us, that we ought to teach it and to share it with other men, all right, so that we so that we can teach others also. Verse number three Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Okay? Now please in no line endure hardness as a good soldier, underline no the word soldier, um, of Jesus Christ. See, we fight We are soldiers, and if if he's saying soldiers here, and again, we just got through reading that every word is inspired by Holy Spirit. So, Holy Spirit is telling us here that we're soldiers. Verse number four, no man that wars entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who has chosen him to be a soldier. Okay? So, in other words, if you sign up for any one of the United States Armed Forces you take a pledge actually you take an oath when you when you finally sign those papers and so on and then you are pledging to uphold the laws of the land to protect this country and so on like that, and that becomes first and foremost when you're in the armed service. Your civilian life is set to the side. Okay, what you are following after is you're to defend the Constitution. All of those things that you take in that oath. All right. So what that is, say- what this is saying here: here, uh, no man wars, entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who has chosen him to be the soldier. So when you're giving your life to the government, so to speak, so to, to defend this country then you don't you're not concerned with civilian life all right, all right, all right. And, and the reason that is that you have to focus on pleasing, so to speak, by following the orders of those that are commanding you. You follow the orders of your captain, your platoon sergeant, or whoever it is, whatever the structure is of the military branch that you're in. But the things of, of your civilian life are not your guiding influences right now. So this is saying, no man that wars entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who has chosen him to be a soldier. So in this particular case, if we are soldiers, who has chosen us to be soldiers? talking about Jesus Christ here. we're talking about God, all right? So we are soldiers in God's army. Now we fight a different war. We, we're, we're in a different war. It says in verse uh, number three, thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. So let's go put a bookmark here and let's go to Ephesians 6, okay and we know that we are fighting a different war, okay? So again, we're looking at here, how are we to survive, how are we to live during this time when we see... Everything that's going on in a nation going awry, or many things in a nation going awry, when the government is is uh, split and torn and can't make decisions and so on, and I'm not getting political here. I'm simply, I'm simply saying that we as Christians, God expects us to look around us and to be aware of, of what's happening in the world around us because that can help to guide our prayers. And God wants us to certainly, the word of God says to pray for the king. Amen. We don't have a king, even though some would think he'd like to be, but we don't have a king, so to speak. But we're, we're supposed to pray for our leaders, amen. We're supposed to pray for our leaders, and so in order for us to do that, we need to be aware of what's going on in the world, in our country. So, but we Christians, we are in a different army. We're, we, the Word of God just said that we're soldiers of Jesus Christ. So, so hearing that, then we go to Ephesians six, verse number eleven, and it remind and it reminds us who we're fighting against. Okay. Chapter 6, verse 11, these old familiar scriptures, we've read them a dozen times. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Okay, and we know that we, again, I said we've been here, standing means that we're not lying down or wimping out against the wiles, and the wiles are strategies, they're all of the deceits of the the devil that are being out there. The devil very rarely comes at us head on and face on, you see, and if you listen at what's Going on in the world today, you'll see that there are indeed many wiles. There are many strategies, and so many deceitful things happening. You know, you know, you you hear someone will say something, and then you know, the 24 hours later, I didn't say that. You know, or he took it out of context, you know. And these people today, they're so silly to do that because they forget that in this modern day and age, guess what? We got videotape. (laughs) We got videotape. We got recorders, okay. So with all the deceitfulness, oh, I didn't say that, you know. Or it was taken out of context and right. Or people can play it back and say, there you are. You actually said that, you see. But there are so many the wiles of the devil, you know, strategies and deceits that are going on. Verse number 12, for we wrestle. Not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Okay, you underline that word wrestle, because again, now, we just got through reading that all Scripture is inspired by Holy Spirit, so this is God speaking here. God does not use words just for the sake of of using them. Every single word, if you actually trace back, by the way, to the original languages, in this case, New Testament was in Greek, but you trace back, and the word wrestle was used here because wrestle, as opposed to just fighting is, 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 is close combat okay you don't wrestle somebody where the two of you are 20 feet apart okay you're wrestling with someone you're grappling I mean you're in each other's face right. so this is what we are in each other's face we and the enemy the devil we are are in close combat here but it's not against flesh and blood it's against the principalities and against powers those powers here the word is authority against those authorities against the rulers of the darkness of this world against spiritual wickedness in high places we all know that according to scripture, not my words, according to scripture here, um uh when Uh, Daniel was waiting for his prayer to be answered what did the angels say the angels say that uh, I was coming to bring your answer okay but the the power of the prince of Persia withstood me twenty and one days the archangel Michael came along and helped me defeat and so now I'm bringing the answer to you okay he was not talking about the physical prince of Persia the human being the prince of Persia he's talking about the spirit being that strong man that was over Persia okay so what this is saying is this is addressing the the powers of darkness that indeed in, in, that do indeed rule and sit over physical geographic areas in the world. the same way there are rulers of darkness that sit over 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 geographical um, locations in this in this country. You, you, you know Wall Street has this financial, this greed sort of thing stock that hold that whole area. I mean and that's a whole separate sermon within itself. But if you understand that this is the word of God inspired by Holy Spirit that you have to understand and believe, that what is going on is being driven by is being driven by authorities and spiritual beings that are in high places that are guiding those human beings that are in the physical realm operating in those places. You follow, you follow what I'm saying, okay? You, you've got people in governments, you've got people in thrones and whatnot, and all of us on this planet are driven by by, by by the spiritual realm, and either it's God's realm where you've got Holy Spirit guiding you, or it's the dark realm, the devil's realm, you know, where you've got demons, or Satan himself maybe even driving you, you see. But these are the things that are going on in the world. And again, these are not my words, so don't think that I'm some kind of a nut when you hear this on the Internet. You really Read the word of God and see it for yourself. Amen. Verse number 13 says, Wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. And there it goes again. It says stand. So that means in this day that's going on, the things that are going on around you, we're not to wimp out, we're not to lie down and just give up. We're not to start, you know, crying to each other and crying to, our, to ourselves or to our neighbors, to our other brothers and sisters in the Lord and saying, oh, Lord, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? We're to stand. We're to stand. And one of the things that we Christians can do in this day and age is, you know, I'm not saying that we should all run out and, and start buying uh, rounds for our AR-15s or whatever is out there. You know, that may not be a bad idea. But, but but I'm just saying, but as Christians, we can certainly stand by Binding together in prayer. Okay? Okay? We should not let one day go by in our morning prayers, and hopefully we're all doing morning prayers in the morning. We should be praying for this country. We should be praying for other, other Christians in this country, and in the world for that matter, you know, that God's will will indeed be done. And as whatever has to unfold, unfolds, Okay, wherever things will go, because God is in control, you know, that God will watch over us and protect us and keep us safe from harm seen and unseen. But we need to stand. We can't just wimp out and lay down and just say, oh, well, whatever happens will happen. It happens will happen. And, And, oh, gee, I don't know what's going to happen to me. And how am I going to make out? You know, God will indeed take care of you. But we've got to be strong and come together as Christians in the spirit. Stand, therefore, having your loins girded about with truth. Okay, this is the truth, this is God's truth um, And having on the breastplate of righteousness for protection And your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace Above all, taking the shield of faith which With which you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked Okay, so we know that the devil indeed fires fiery darts the closer you get to the Lord, the more informed you are about God, the stronger you are in spirit, the stronger your convictions and your faith in God in God becomes, and the more open you are about um, speaking about God and ministering to people and praying to God and getting in line with Holy Spirit. Well, guess what? Maybe Satan started out firing darts at you, okay? But now he's got howitzers pointed at you, okay? He's got it howitzers, howitzers pointed at you. You know, you've gone from having a little pinhole target on your back to now maybe this big old target with laser sights on you because now you're becoming a threat to the enemy. You're becoming a threat to the devil, amen? So we need to have the shield of faith in front of us, okay? And that shield of faith will stand up when... You get that letter, you get that phone call, you get that notice that all of a sudden you can't pay the mortgage, you can't pay the rent, you're being laid off, Um, your kid's getting kicked out of school, a family member said this, a family member that whatever, boom, boom, boom. These are darts. These are darts. And so the minute that Satan starts firing those darts at you, you've got to have that shield of faith right up there where you say, With Jesus stripes I am healed. I, of the spirit, Lord, I, I do not have the spirit of fear. God's not giving me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. I rebuke you, Satan, in the name of Jesus Christ. Having that faith, knowing that when you say that in the name of Jesus, that Satan will indeed be rebuked out of your life. By calling forth healing, by, by your faith you will be healed. And whatever those situations are, by you professing and coming. Confessing the word of God in faith Then those darts that are coming at you by Satan will be Will be uh, bound they'll bounce off They will not penetrate okay So this is that shield of faith And then it goes on to say that, you know in verse number 17 And take the helmet of salvation And then lastly the sword of the spirit which is the word of God Okay the sword of the spirit is the only part of that armory which is offensive Okay, that, all of everything else that we've read there was defense, for us to defend against the enemy. The sword is the only thing that you use to make the attack with, and that is by using the Word of God. All right. So regardless of what you may be seeing on the news or hearing out or, or on on TV or the radio or in your car while you're driving and whatnot, then you need to take the word of God in your mouth when that stuff pops up in front of you and you speak the word of God. Every single time the devil came against Jesus when he was in the desert in the wilderness, there being tempted, every single time what did Jesus attack him with? The word of God. Jesus could have called down a legion of angels to defeat him. Jesus himself could have just defeated him, all right? But he defeated him through using the word of God. And then Satan tried to come back and counter that and always misquoted the word each time Satan did. Jesus came back and hit him with the word of God. So it was a sword, a sword, a sword each time around, okay? So knowing this, all right, it again tells us that the war that we're in is a different kind of war. So now going back here to Timothy, Going back to Timothy 2 and picking up, um, was just go back to 4 and then continue through. No man that wars entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who has chosen him to be a soldier. Okay, and verse number 3 says that, that as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. So this is the army that we're fighting in, but our weapons are indeed different, and our approach is different. So now, continuing in verse number 5. And if a man also strive for masteries, Yet it is yet yet, he, yet is he not crowned except he strive lawfully the farmer that labours must be first partaker of the fruits Consider what I say and the Lord give thee understandings in all things. Please in the line and the Lord give the understandings in all things. Remember that Jesus Christ is of uh, Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to my gospel, for which I suffer trouble as an evil doer even unto bonds, but the word of God is not bound. Please in the line, but the word of God is not bound. Therefore, I endure all things for the elect's sake, that they may also obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. So all he's saying is that he endures all things for the sake of those that he's preaching to. Okay, for the elect's sake, those who are following God. Verse 11, it is a faithful saying, for if we be dead with him, you shall also live with him. Isn't is a line, we shall also live with him. If we suffer, we shall also reign with him. Please, underline. the line, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. Underline the line, that also. If we deny him... He will also deny us, okay? So, realizing how Jesus suffered, but he overcame, I mean, he rose up, uh, what this is saying is that in like manner, if we are in Jesus Christ, that we shall do the same things. You know, that we shall rise up regardless of what persecution or troubles or issues may be going on in your life. But we can't be denying him also, because then he also will deny us. If we believe not, yet he abides faithful, he cannot deny himself. Of these things, put them in remembrance, charging them before the Lord, that they strive not about words of no profit, but to the subverting of the hearers. So please know that, of these things, put them in remembrance, okay? Charging them before the Lord, that they strive not about words to no profit, but to the subverting of the hearers. So in other words, what is that? That's getting into discussions that have no profit, have no meaning, Okay? And you don't know how many times I've seen, I've been in, in circles, and many times if, if, if I am leading um, a Bible study, and many of you here know that I've, I've done this, and I know that there are people coming there that want to sit down and debate the Word of God instead of actually studying the Word of God and challenging them, and bringing in all sorts of stories and fables and things like that. I will pray, and I will bind that conversation up, because we're not here to talk about things that are not profitable. You know, we're not here to talk about suppositions or men's um, um, ideologies or thoughts about what the Word of God says if it's not Holy Spirit driven. The Word of God is crystal clear to me and is is crystal clear when the Holy Spirit reveals things to to you, you know. So the Word of God is not about about debate and and you don't come to understand the Word of God through philosophical discussion. You know, I mean, that's what the Romans did, what the Greeks did. They sat around and they philosophized and everything that they talked about while they were very deep uh, 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 deep things they were thinking about. It was absent the word of God and absent the concept of God and absent the Holy Spirit of God. Okay, so, so, so what this is saying here is strive not about words to no profit but to the subverting of the hearer. So in other words, you sit around listening to that stuff long enough, then you wind up becoming you know twisted yourself. Study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Underline the word study to show thyself approved unto God. You know, the only way that you can understand the word of God is to be studying it. All right, so all of this is happening. Again, I'm reading this in context to how are we to be conducting our lives in these perilous days. This is what all of this is all about. It's about holding on to the truth. We've got all heck breaking loose around us in this country. How are we we Christians uh, to be conducting our lives during this time? All right. Um, Study to show thyself approved. Verse 16. But shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase unto more ungodliness. That's a good one. Underline that, please. Shun profane and vain babbling so they will increase unto more ungodliness. I don't want to be involved involved in discussions that are profane, you, you know, and all it's going to do is, a, it's a bunch of babblings, and how can I... Maybe you've overheard conversations between two people. Well, maybe you haven't. I don't know. But I, I have overheard conversations going on between two people who are Christians, and both of them are... I can't think of a better word, just babbling on and on and on about things that are not in the Bible, or things that they're or they're both misinterpreting the Bible, you know? And they're going on and on and on. And the two of them are in agreement with each other. And then one of them comes up with something which seems to be more profound than what the other one said. Yeah, right on, amen. And then they're going on and on and on, you know. And those are nothing but vain babblings, okay. Sometimes Holy Spirit will will, will prompt me to get involved. Other times Holy Spirit will just say, leave it be, and I just leave it be, because I figure God knows better better than I do. But all that is doing is, that's me shunning profane and vain babblings, because these people swear they know what they're talking about, vain babblings, for they will increase unto more ungodliness. All right, so all that's doing is that it's it's increasing more ungodliness because they're both in agreement with each other, and nothing that they're saying is based on the word of God. You see, you see. So God, in this particular case, God is saying to just to shun it. Okay, and that's what I do. I shun it. If Holy Spirit tells me to get involved and he'll give me the way and the means to get involved and I do so, but I don't still go rudely breaking into people's conversations, you see, you see, but I won't get involved in it because those are, those are, you know, profane, and it's just babblings because it's not based on anything that's scriptural, you see, and all it does is will increase more ungodliness. And their word, verse 17, and their word will eat as does a gangrene of whom are Hymenius and, and Philetus. Okay, so he's talking, he happens to mention the two individuals there, you know. Who, concerning the truth, have erred, saying that the resurrection is past already, and overthrow the faith of some. So you see what happens here? Okay, he's referring to these two, verse 18. Who, concerning the truth, have erred. You see, it's also the same, we hear these people that are speaking not of anything scriptural, not based on any scriptural knowledge or based on any truth, and they're wrong. In this this particular case, these two individuals saying that the resurrection is past already and overthrow the faith of some. So, if you are not well-versed in the Word of God or well-based in the Word of God, and you start listening to these profane and vain babblings, then you can wind up losing your faith or your faith will get perverted. You'll start thinking and having faith in the wrong way, you know. And this is where, like I was saying before, where the Word of God is talking about, this is where you hear people misquoting Scripture, you know, and all of them are related. <laughs> I put that in quotes, you know what I mean? But what I'm meaning here, yeah, they're all associates. They all, all socialize together, and it's in that same circle, you know? And, and this is why, and I say this cautiously, no, I don't say it cautiously because I wouldn't be wanting to say it, folks, it wouldn't lead me to say it. This is why I'm so careful about cell groups. Okay? I'm so careful about cell groups. Okay? It's wonderful that you have a large church, and we've been in large churches, you know, very large churches. And they will break off, and they'll have certain people will get a little cell group going. You know, they're all a part of the main body, but they'll go off, and they'll break. They'll have a little cell group going on. And then the cell group, you have a cell group leader. Now, is that person... Um, anointed by pastor, more importantly, anointed by Holy Spirit. But has this person been anointed by the pastor and raised up to any sort of position to be a leader of a particular cell group? You know, um, is there a calling on this individual, or is this just a person that's very popular in the congregation? And is charismatic enough to have a bunch of 10, 20, 30 people follow them, and every Wednesday night they have a cell group meeting, okay? Now, what i found over the years Because I have got pulled into one or two of them over the years, and God let me go, or whatever the case may have been. And what I heard talked about in that group had nothing to do with the Bible, Mm -hmm. even though they were reading from the Bible, okay? In many cases, they had a book that was written by a Christian, okay? And they were following the book that was written by the Christian, and the Bible did not come into play, okay? Or they'll have a book that is popular, okay? Mm -hmm. The sayings of of Yabeth was a very popular thing at one time. Okay, the prayers of of Yabeth is in Scripture. I mean, it's good prayer. The prayers of Yabeth were very valid, I'm not saying that. But that was the basis for their study. And the Bible is to be the basis for your study. All right, you may make reference to or choose as a topic of study for a time being, a particular part of the Bible, but you're still you're studying from the Bible. So what I'm saying is that those groups can oftentimes get off into where there's a lot of vain babblings going on. And then you have those 10, 20, 30 people who are listening, and then they start believing because they sit there and they say, oh, man, yeah, right on. That makes sense. Yeah, right on. And then those same half-truths, untruths wind up being spread to other people, you see. This is why you have to study to show yourself approved, okay, so that you know what the Word of God is saying, and don't get caught up in what someone else is saying, okay? This is the reason why we read from the Word of God up here, and I'm not just giving you my opinions on this thing. I'm, you're reading it for yourselves, what we're reading here, you see, because I don't want to get off into giving you my interpretations of anything like that, because you have to know what God is saying, all right? So all this is saying that in, these day, in this day and age, when all this is going on, um, there are many who concerning the truth, verse eighteen, have erred, saying that the resurrection is passionate and overthrowing the faith of some. So you can have someone go there. And we were in, in conversation with some folks and from years back hadn't spoken in a long time and some of the things that were being said, we couldn't believe that they were saying that, knowing where they were years ago. So it's very possible For very strong Bible-based, word-based Christians that are well, firmly rooted in the Word of God, that over time, if they get pulled away because of popularity... Or because others are doing it, or because my next door neighbor who's been my bosom buddy for 50 years says, oh yeah, I went this place and he was dynamite, she was dynamite, and then they go there. And the person, again, that is charismatic and sounds like and speaks with a certain tone and is very, very, you know, has the gift of gab, so to speak, that people wind up following that. In this day and age, what the word of God is saying in these perilous times, that this will be afoot. That these things will be happening. So what I'm saying to you today, the, the, the foundation for this message today is that the way things are going today with all of the trickery, all of the deceit, the wiles and the strategies that are going on is away, in many cases, away from the word of God. And we need to be sharp and smart enough to remember whose army we're in so that we do not get caught up in the things of the world. All right, we're soldiers of Jesus Christ, and we should be wearing that armor, okay? The the, the 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 righteousness, the salvation that we have, we should be using that as our armor so that we can withstand those um thoughts and concepts that are being put out there today by so many people, all right? And the funny thing is is that if you hear someone that you know is is not of God saying saying 3 plus 4, you know, is 8. You know, you clearly know that that person is not telling the truth. That 3.3 3 plus 4 is not 8. However, all of a sudden, you go to some meeting group meeting, and it's under the guise of teaching the Word, or we're studying the Word, and if it's put forth in such a profound manner, and they start saying, Hallelujah, God bless you, brother. God bless you, sister. Oh, the Lord loves you, sister. And do you know, do you know, my sister, my brother, that three plus four is eight? And you, amen, amen, three plus four is eight. Okay? Then all of a sudden, you're out there saying and believing that three plus four is eight. Okay, all right? Now, put it in a very simplistic way, but you get down to the Word of God. And if you, you, everyone's sitting, you stop and think about it. You've heard that, I'm sure, from someone or coming from some places. All right? Okay, all right? It, it, it is not truth at all. But the people start believing it to be the truth. Okay, okay. Um, uh, verse 18, who concerning the truth, who erred, saying that the resurrection is past already. okay. You know, you see, you see, so, 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 so you hear it long enough and coming from the right people, if you will, quote unquote, then you start believing the lie. All right. So relative to today's discussion, relative to this message today, again, we're living in these perilous times. You can see it according to what we read before. The word outlined with some of those things are men's being lovers of themselves, uh, braggers and so on like that. Um, um. How dare someone that denies God tell me about my rights, my freedoms, about how I should think, about what's politically correct? How dare they? And they know not God. Okay? This is where we are today. All right? How dare they? They deny God. I want his name off the shelf, I want his names out of anywhere. The thoughts, whereas you go to the Capitol and look at any of those famous monuments. There, we were there two years ago, three years ago, and it had been a while that I'd been to the Capitol. And we were there just looking up in the, the uh, Grant, uh, gee whiz, Jefferson Memorial, and all of the, the famous ones. You look up there, and there's this huge statue, and going right around the rotunda is scripture, scripture. This country is not a Christian nation. We're not a Judeo-Christian society. How dare someone that thinks like that tell me that I can't think of and worship and speak of my God. That I can't tell my children about my God. That I cannot have textbooks and books in my house and in my schools that talk about God. That I can't have books and teachings and things that teach about relationships relative to the word of God. How dare they? All right? We're living in those perilous times. We need to make sure that we are willing to stand and not wimp out and be strong and bold and read the Word of God, study the Word of God, so that when we hear it, we know it's God's Word speaking. And that when we hear some perversion of it or some twisting of it, that we can identify that also and recognize it as such and not follow that which we are hearing. Amen? Amen. Not believing that 3 plus 4 equals 8. Amen. Regardless of how eloquently it may be spoken or how it may be sugar-coated or how it may be presented. Amen? Amen? The times are drawing near and, and no one knows when Jesus is going to return. But while he tarries, we need to make sure that we're living life the best way that we can and that we glorify God in our lives. And in so doing, we indeed will be victorious over the things that come at us. We'll be victorious, you know. And it's not, it's not going to stop. There are going to be more challenges coming down the pike. I'm sure of it. You can see the writing on the wall. There's going to be more challenges, you know. But whatever discomforts or whatever God may allow to come our way, just remember that we shall endure and that we can overcome because of the words that we just read today. Amen, amen, amen. So I pray that you keep these words down in your spirit, think on them, chew on them through the rest of the day of the week and as you're following things that are going on. And if you're hearing things that you know are not of God, take a few moments and pray about it and bind it up and rebuke it. Amen. I pray this message has been a blessing to you. And now before we close, let us prepare to honor God with our tithes and offerings. Amen. Please. <throat>